0: Hey everyone, welcome to 10 Movies, where every season we focus on one actor through 10 of their most iconic movies. This season, we're going deep into Dwayne the Rock Johnson, a cultural and now cinematic touchstone. I'm Hemel Javeri, and with me is my wonderful co-host and friend, Brian Minter. Hello!
1: So excited to be here podcasting. But before we talk about the movie, I want to talk about how you pronounce the man's name. Just, <laughs> you're putting a whole extra phoneme in it.
0: It's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, it's
1: Dwayne. It's like... Imagine, oh, imagine a two-year-old saying "Drain." That's it. It's Dwayne. You're saying Dwayne.
0: I don't, I don't understand what the difference is, but all right, all right. This episode, we're going deep on the rocks. Introduction into the Fast and Furious universe in the 2011 film Fast Five. Rubber bullets. Big mistake, woman. I am the Calvary. I'm what you call an ice cold can We'll pass. Want to catch wolves? You need wolves. Let's go hunting.
1: You love these movies, am I? That's correct, right? You're a big fan of these movies?
0: I could not love this movie more.
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna have to. We're, I'm gonna. Ha- we're gonna have to have a few words as we get into this.
0: I and I don't say that ironically. I don't have an ironic love. Oh for yeah, Fast, I know. I can tell. For Fast Five, I have <laughs> a absolute genuine love of this movie and the eight thousand car chases that are at the heart of it.
1: You like all kinds of bad stuff, but <laughs> I will say in your defense, you don't like these things ironically. When you like something terrible, you genuinely enjoy it.
0: I genuinely enjoy it. So yeah. yes, this is not an ironic love for fast five <laughs> this is a pure wholeheartedness into fast five um we are here to talk about the rock but a large portion of this film does not feature the rock
1: yeah he's uh, he's kind of a like antagonist character he joins the team but yeah he's definitely a, a secondary figure in, in the movie
0: but still really important and we're going to get to that in a little bit but first i think we need to talk about the plot
1: all right, yeah, what happens in the film Fast Five? There's some car chases. There's about 40 characters.
0: I okay. I cannot explain the plot of Fast Five without prefacing everything else that's happened before in the Fast and Furious universe because that's what it is. It's a universe. You know,
1: this is my problem. I think with the movie, I haven't seen very many of these, and I feel like the movie expects you to be well versed yes. in yes, the what, what has come before and why any of these things matter. So, like every ten minutes, there's like a long shot of Vin Diesel like giving you a knowing <laughs> look, and I'm like, what? What does he talk? What is he? What is he? What are you trying to make me feel or think I have no idea?
0: So these movies are very much like the MCU, right? They drop you right into them thinking that you have seen the other films and they don't bother explaining any of the characters' relationships to each other or why they're ended up in Brazil to begin with. That's all supposed to be a given.
1: As someone who has not seen any of the previous films in this franchise, I was uh, <laughs> yeah, I did not appreciate that filmmaking choice. But whatever, I respected that's that's that we're on their turf. All right. So what happens in the movie?
0: So it's very hard to sum up, but let's start with the main premise, which is that Brian and Dom and Mia are fugitives and they have fled to Brazil.
1: Now, Dom is Vin Diesel, he's the yes. boring character. <laughs> And okay. Brian is his buddy, the incredibly boring character. And Mia is Dom's sister and Brian's girlfriend, who is so boring, I can't even remember <laughs> what she looks like two days after watching the movie. Is that correct?
0: That's I wouldn't they're not boring <laughs> at all. I think that they are incredibly serious characters. Um no, but it's Dom and Mia are in Brazil. They are fugitives from the law because they've broken Dom out of prison, which you might not know unless you've seen the end of Fast Four.
1: I, I gathered that yes. they broke him out of prison. So
0: they broke him out of Prison, and now they're on the run from the law, and they've ended up in Brazil in kind of dire straits. And so, to get their money back, to get a lot of financial footing again. They've decided to pull off a heist.
1: Now, what, what can they charter a boat? Do they, <laughs> they they couldn't work at a store. Like lots of people find themselves in need of a uh, need of money, and they don't pull off an elaborate citywide drug heist.
0: They're you know they're outlaws, and that's what they know how to do. So they pull yes. off this. Their their goal is to pull off an elaborate heist so that they can get money and, and so need that a they team. can. So, well, they need the money so that they can, like, escape to countries that don't have extradition, right? So that they can live outside the law. But then they need a team, hence the montage of putting the team back together, which is one of the greatest putting the team back together montages ever.
1: I do I do enjoy... I think, you know, this is a movie filled with tropes. And when you're in that territory, you just have to see how well do they execute the trope. I do think the like we need a team cut to each little mini scene of that particular team member showing up was well done.
0: And if you really are into Fast and Furious, this means a lot more because these are characters that we've seen through all four of the films before.
1: So their team, they get uh, they get Ludacris. Yes. And they get uh, Tyrese, yes. who seems to have no useful skills whatsoever. <laughs> they get... Uh, uh, oh, they get Gal Gadot. Yep. Uh, Wonder Woman comes to join the team. Um, they get... Uh, they get
0: Sung Khan, who is Han, who plays... Han, who's the Asian character?
1: He's like the, he's like the smart
0: one, maybe. It's he's hard the to tell one... what each
1: of their shticks are. I gotta say.
0: Well, he's like the silent but uh, smart guy.
1: And then there's two like kind of like lesser characters who are like the Brazilian dudes.
0: Yes. Uh, who are a couple or are they just buddies? They're just buddies, uh, but they're from the Fast and Furious film where Dom is in uh, like Dominican Republic. Uh, oh, okay,
1: so, so now all of these characters are from previous iterations. Yes. Uh,
0: those are all from previous iterations of the films. The Even Ludacris and Tyrese, because it seems like
1: uh, Dom is meeting them for the first time.
0: He's meeting them for the first time, but that's only because he Vin Diesel was not in the second Fast and Furious movie. Jesus and that Christ. was just Paul Walker with uh, tyrese and um ludicrous so
1: we the devoted fans of the fast and furious averse know <laughs> all of these people
0: you know all of them not not only do you know all of them but you fondly attach <laughs> to all of them
1: even gal gadot the
0: uh... even gal gadot because right. she was in the fourth one Oh, okay gotcha so i'm just saying
1: Okay, so yeah, so they put the team together. They're all in Brazil.
0: And it's a very complicated heist where what they're doing is taking drug money for their own personal benefit. I cannot explain the mechanics of the plot until we probably get a little bit more into it because it's... It's not so much that it's irrelevant, is that it's nonsensical. But the climactic scene is them ripping a safe out of a Brazilian police station and then literally dragging it through the streets of Rio de Janeiro. Well,
1: we'll come back to the ways in which the movie is disrespectful <laughs> towards the laws of both uh, physics and and motion. But uh, yeah, so there's this. He seems to be like the mayor of the town, in addition to some sort of drug lord, and it's all his money, right? They're they're yeah. robbing this this terrible guy who you know has people killed and keeps people in terror. And blahdy blah.
0: Yeah, it's Reyes. That's the character's name.
1: Uh, who uh, is the also the bad guy in um, A Clear and Present Danger? That movie where Harrison Ford goes down. And oh, really? Him. Yeah. So he's, so he's playing like a drug kingpin in a number of feature films.
0: Yeah, Hollywood. Wow, way to go, Hollywood and typecasting.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a, that's that guy's stock and trade apparently, and then of course they pull everything off and everything is wonderful and fine, and and they talk about how they're family,
0: right? But in all of this, the one of the wrenches in their plot is Rock. Oh, right, yes, <laughs> really <laughs> the only
1: wrench in their plot at all. Nothing else seems to inconvenience them in any way. Right,
0: it's the Rock who plays Luke Hobbs, who is like the diplomatic sir- secret service. I guess is is what his official title is, but he is the challenge to Vin Diesel. Yeah,
1: he's like a cop bounty hunter and he's got a team of badass cop bounty hunters and they've come to brazil to nab uh dom and his his crew
0: first i want to talk about the cast
1: all right yes let's talk about the cast
0: okay we have vin diesel as dominic Toretto.
1: all right i don't want, I don't want to real things right off the bat here but uh so first of all yeah i i think Maybe I missed the movies where they told us why Dom is important or what his relationships are or what he's like. Because in this movie, every 10 minutes they cut to Dom and he only ever, the dialogue changes but he only ever does one of two things. He says some badass thing to end the scene, which is like, we gotta do it. Or now it's us, or here we go. (laughs) Or he says some variation of we're a family or that guy's in my family and they're just constantly cutting to him and he just gives this camera, the camera a look and all the other characters are like, oh, that's, that's so Dom. And I have no clue what the hell is going on. I don't know why anyone likes this guy or why they follow this guy. He barely says anything.
0: I, I don't know how to explain it to you. First, you have to watch the rest of the film to understand it. I will not it. do that. But Dom is the hero, right? Dom is the personality. He is the ringleader. But he has so
1: little personality on display.
0: I don't, I mean, I don't know if you call traditional personality, maybe.
1: (laughs) I mean, he's got this certain, like, there's a lot of scenes where he's in a car, like, shifting all the time. And he does have a certain, like, nerves of steel bravado that I buy. But here's the other thing about Vin Diesel, if I may, and this is somewhat related to the subject of our podcast. If you've got an action franchise and you're like, you know what we need? We need a big, bald, muscular, silent, tough, ethnically ambiguous dude... And you've got Vin Diesel, you're in good shape. But then you get The Rock, who is 10 to 30% more in every one of those categories than Vin Diesel. Like, he's like best in class when it comes to, he's bigger and balder and tougher and more <laughs> ethnically ambiguous than Vin Diesel. I feel like Vin Diesel is a little bit lost next to The Rock.
0: Okay, well, I didn't think we were going to get to this that quickly, but that is... <laughs> the reason that there's so much tension in the later Fast and Furious films is because The Rock tends to upstage Vin Diesel in other movies, which is why The Rock gets his own franchise.
1: Wait, is there, character, is there tension between the characters or between the actors? There's
0: tension between the actors. So. Oh,
1: yeah, I would guess so. And if I was also, Vin Diesel, I'd be pissed to <laughs> be put next to The Rock.
0: Make me also, look like a little shrimp. Uh, also, cinematically, right, that that. Charisma, I know you think it's lacking. It's maybe a dearth of charisma between both of those characters. No,
1: The Rock has charisma, but Vin Diesel doesn't.
0: Uh but anyway, Vin Diesel is Dominic Toretto. You had made your feelings quite well Yeah, known. yeah.
1: I'm, I went on a bit, I'm sorry.
0: Um I'm gonna say this before we talk about Paul Walker. Don't you dare speak ill of Paul Walker. Because
1: he's passed on. Is that that's correct? He's also
0: because he's wonderful.
1: Well, I'll I'll do my best to be respectful. So Paul Walker. Yes. Is uh he's he's a very handsome fella. I'll pa- give him that.
0: Paul Walker is Brian O'Connor.
1: He's the he's the buddy of of Dom.
0: Well, he's the buddy of Dom, but he's also the he used to be like an FBI agent who went undercover and then was with Dom's gang and defected basically. Right, decided to throw away his became badge an and became an outlaw because he realized that the law wasn't really just and. Decided to follow Dom and fell in love with Mia, his the, the, his sister. Right,
1: um, an in, unbelievably forgettable <laughs> performance by Jordana Brewster in that role. I have to say, I
0: don't know what your expectations were for this movie, but they might have been higher than like <laughs> so car chases. Every and time of... Paul
1: Walker came on screen, I I had two thoughts. One, I was like, he's a beautiful man. I forgot. So attractive. Like yeah, Gal Gadot was never gonna again be in a movie where she's the second prettiest actor, but <laughs> she is here. But also when he came on screen, I'm like, oh right, that guy's in the movie because he had he had so little presence. He just he doesn't do anything. Like in every scene he just like stands near Dom and whatever Dom does, he goes, Yeah like a minute later.
0: You know, the weird thing about this is that None of these actors are actors that actually have any kind of career outside of these films, right? Like Jordana Brewster does not have a great career. Vin Diesel doesn't have a great career. I mean, Vin Diesel has done Yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. Has done a bunch of stuff, has done like all these action films, but definitely not to the level of the Fast and Furious. My point is that uh, the sum of the parts are greater than the individuals. So like when you put them all together, it's a much better as a collective than each individual performance. So I can certainly
1: see, you know, there's these kind of movies where like, if you're a fan of all the movies, you're just kind of excited to see all the characters back together again, which, which I get. And, you know, maybe if I'd seen more of them, I would care more about that. But uh, I like Ludacris. Could I get some <laughs> props for that?
0: Well, you've got Tyrese Gibson as Roman Pierce, who is uh, Brian's friend. And Ludacris as Tej, who is also Brian's friend from the time when he was in Florida. But let's like not talk about that. He's
1: like bomb mechanic kind of guy. Yeah,
0: he's like the resident tech expert. Yeah.
1: I feel like in a crew movie, I want to know what each person's like shtick is, and in this one, like it seems like all their shtick is just driving really fast.
0: Some of them is driving really fast. I One of my main complaints about the Fast and Furious franchise is that they've never given Mia anything to do, aside from just be like...
1: No, she doesn't even get to drive. She yeah. just like sits back in the warehouse and talks on the phone.
0: Exactly. She's just the sister and the girlfriend. Um,
1: oh, maybe they realized she was incredibly boring. They didn't want to ruin stop. any scenes with her.
0: But there's also Sung Kong, who plays Han, who is a really popular character. Gal Gadot as Giselle. And then Elsa Pataki as Dom's like pseudo-girlfriend, even though he's kind of mourning oh yeah um, she's
1: like the brazilian cop and yes, uh, she bats her eyes at him every time they're in a scene that was it wouldn't like ever she's just like she's practically writing him a love note in every scene and, like tack, you can see the little hearts coming out of her <laughs> eyes it's
0: a little um, much. So there's that. So that's the rundown of the cast, which you don't have a lot of affinity for, but (laughs) fans of the Fast and Furious franchise love every single one of these characters.
1: Yeah, I was, I I, I like, you know, the get the crew together and yeah, again, like I I wanted to sort of see what each like, oh, we need this guy to come do this thing and this guy to come do this thing, like in the Ocean's Eleven movies where you know what everyone's thing is. And yeah, they felt a little undifferentiated here, like... Like Gal Gadot, what was her She's job? She's the
0: vixen. She, is the, she was the vixen. Han is the silent but deadly guy. And I think that Tej and Roman are basically comic relief while being tech folks. Everybody's drive basically, or everybody's role here is to drive fast. Yes. Um. But one of the main things about Fast Five and why it's so good is that it's taken that entire franchise from just being about fast cars to being like heist films before you haven't seen the other films before it but all the the first four were just like car movies movies. and now this is a heist movie
1: uh it was ridiculous how many things happen in a car right like you're like oh i gotta open this bottle and someone gets in a car and like flips the car to knock the lid off your bottle like they use cars for everything even things that maybe cars aren't great for (laughs)
0: All right, let's let's talk about The Rock. Yes, since the rock. that's what we're all here Hobbs. for. So, Lou Cobb's. All right. Secret Service guy, and I think this is a really important role for The Rock for Dwayne Johnson.
1: Uh, and why why do you think that?
0: I think that it sets him up to be in the franchise as being a very rock like character, and gives him that one thing he doesn't find in a lot of films, which is like worthy adversaries.
1: Mm, because he's uh, he's battling with Dom and the crew.
0: Yeah, and it it really does. I think this his appearance in the Fast Five films, Fast Five films, elevates his career. So I have. seen... I don't mean in like an artistic way. Oh yeah, in a totally. commercial box office way.
1: Right. Yeah, he's uh, these are incredibly popular movies. He's a big part of them now. I've seen one or two others, and he's like he's not an antagonist later, right? Like he becomes like a regular part of the crew.
0: One of the things that the Fast Five or the Fast franchise is really good at is taking the enemies and converting them to friends. It's what they did with Paul Walker. It's what happens later with um, Luke Shaw, who starts off as a villain and then becomes... Is that Jason
1: Statham? Jason
0: Statham. And then becomes... You know he becomes a friendly antagonist later
1: so that's a recurring theme of these movies is that like someone who is a foe will become a friend or or an ally at some point
0: yeah and the foe always seems to have a really good reason for being a foe right i think shaw jason statham his whole reason is like hey you killed my brother but then actually i'm kind of not mad at you about that anymore let's see how we can work together
1: yeah well you know once you you know someone kills your brother you let it go after a while
0: (laughs) um but let's talk about the rockness of this film
1: Yes, well, yeah, not not a rock, not a The Rock movie, for sure, but he's, uh, yeah, he's, you know, in all the, he's, he's definitely, like, he really commands those scenes that he's in. And he does have, like, there are chunks of the movie that he is the protagonist of, right? Like, there's a bunch of, like, sort of chase scenes in the, the slums of Brazil, and, like, he's kind of, like, driving all that action there.
0: Right, his whole goal is to chase down Vin Diesel and bring him back to the United States because he's a fugitive, and it doesn't work out that way in the end the rock lets him go
1: yeah they set up the character like there's a couple scenes where uh like they're like no you don't understand it's it's not just and he's like i don't give a shit like you know my job is they tell me who to track down i track him down i'm a cold-blooded bound dog man like there's a couple times when he makes that point uh, which I think that's 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 a good way to, like, make him an antagonist without, like, you know, making him a villain. Um, but then he just throws all that away. Later he's like,
0: you know what? You guys convinced me. I'm going to join your outlaw <laughs> band
1: and I'm going to kill the mayor of Rio de Janeiro. <laughs>
0: he's not the mayor of Rio de Janeiro. He's a cartel kingpin. But um, I feel like he has some sort of government
1: or political job, right? This bad guy? I don't well, Whatever his job is, the rock shoots him in the brain while he's lying unarmed and helpless <laughs> on the side of a bridge.
0: Alright, let's talk let's talk more about that. So the rockness of this film. Does he kill slash save people?
1: Uh he, he he seems to No, he doesn't really. He mostly puts people's lives in danger and they get killed and he's angry about it.
0: Yeah, he spends a lot of time, like, worrying about the safety of his team, but then there's definitely instances where he disregards their safety completely. Yeah,
1: and they all get shot in the head and killed, so (laughs) we could argue that he was not a great supervisor from that aspect.
0: A big part of The Rock is his physicality. Like, everything he does in this film is... uh, Constru- I mean, is like everything in this film is about his muscles like just not <laughs> bursting out of the tight t shirts that they put him in. It's a
1: big cartoony movie and he is a big cartoony man, and I think the movie uses him to good effect visually.
0: Like, we talk about how big are his muscles and his muscles are like center stage in this film.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's always like, you know, they're always he's always dirty and sweating and he's like always Uh, constantly removing his body armor, which seems unwise when people are trying to kill you, but it shows off his muscles better.
0: Is he emotionally inaccessible?
1: Uh, I feel like every character in this movie is emotionally inaccessible, or emotionally inert might be a better (laughs) phrase
0: there's, you know, there's a scene in the very beginning where you, in, where he's introduced and one of the Rio de Janeiro cops is like, hey, I, I found somebody that I, you know, that you can work with, like who can help you on the ground. And The Rock immediately is like, I don't want that person. I want Elsa Pataki because her, you know, former husband was a cop who died and I know she's not going to be crooked, right? Like, yeah. he's for
1: like a beat, you think it's because yeah. he likes her because she's a hot lady. But <laughs> yeah. then you're like, oh, no, no, no. He likes her because she's got... She's motivated by vengeance.
0: Okay, absolute moral goodness. Is that what The Rock represents in this film?
1: No, absolutely not. Like, I feel like his character is deeply amoral.
0: I think this character is really about, like, following the law.
1: But he's he is for half of his... And then he's, you know, he tosses it all out.
0: Right, like at the very beginning when you meet him, he's very much just straightforward I'm a military guy I'm going to do military things which is which is what The Rock is really good at but then we always want to know that The Rock actually does have his own moral code and that's what we see in the end
1: I, I mean one thing I think that like The Rock like he rarely plays like a single-minded like soldier killing machine type right like the whether this is his choice or director's choices he always plays like the cerebral boss commander type
0: cerebral well yeah because
1: i think <laughs> they do like it doesn't matter right but i think like they like to show with, uh, with multiple characters of his it's more like he's he's problem solving he's figuring out he's always like He's like, oh, no, don't, that guy's going to go around the roof because he had that, I'm going to go around the roof look in his eye. And he sees the guy coming up behind him. Like, he's, he's got this, like. He's a leader. Yeah, he's a leader. He's got this, like, full tactical awareness kind of thing that a lot of the other characters in the movie don't. Like, the other characters are always just, like, driving their car through plate glass windows for no apparent reason.
0: I mean, I guess he is supposed to be the tactical brains of the operation, is there any man or woman who can challenge The Rock in this film? <laughs> I, I have a very specific answer to that question.
1: Uh, well, I would, I would imagine, no, because it, well, he kills a million people by, with his bare hands, and then he has this extended, ridiculous fist fight with with Vin Diesel. <laughs> and well, I guess Vin Diesel does best him, doesn't he?
0: Yes. Uh, so the, I would say that that dynamic is really, I, I'm, it's going to sound so stupid, but that's so central to this dumb, big muscle fight film is The Rock versus Vin Diesel. And even before that fist fight is the scene where they're at that uh, car I don't know, it's not a car show, but it's like they're all getting ready to drag race in Brazil.
1: Oh yeah, there's like a thousand Brazilian right. gangsters with nice cars who <laughs> hanging under an underpass.
0: Right, and it's like one of the most famous scenes in like Fast and Furious franchise, right? Which is that... It's a um Brian and Dom and their friends and they have come to kind of show we're not afraid of you, we're here in Brazil, like come out meet us in the open. And Hobbs and his crew show up and there's this like tense face off between The Rock and Vin Diesel and The Rock is like, I'm gonna arrest you and Vin Diesel is like, This is Brazil. Like that's the big famous line. Yeah,
1: and all the all the rocks guys pull out their guns, but then all the Brazilians pull out their guns and the cops are like, Oh, we gotta we gotta go.
0: Um, that scene to me is like, again, it's very hard to find like actual people that can challenge the rock because he's like massively huge. And what they needed was not just Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, but like 8,000 Brazilians. Uh,
1: Yeah. 8,000 Brazilian gangsters. (laughs) I mean, I guess that you could say that, yeah, I guess I can see that the movie does make an effort to set up this antagonism, like on a personal and on a like masculine level between these two giant bald muscle men that it pays off, like it pays, like, yeah, their tension escalates and they get in a fight, which is a ridiculous fight. And then at the end, uh, like Vin Diesel's like, no, even though everything looks really stupid and my plan is awful, we've got to do the plan anyway. And all his friends are like, oh, I don't know, Dom, that's a crazy plan. And then The Rock, who, I don't know, was been standing in the back of the warehouse <laughs> says, I'll ride with you, Vin Diesel. And then they go and do the plan. So there is a like a complete narrative arc with their relationship.
0: I didn't- Think of it as a narrative arc, but that's a good point. Too. We usually talk about, does this movie have to star The Rock? But he's not the star in this film. So why is it important that The Rock is in this film?
1: I don't know. <laughs> why is it important?
0: I mean, I think it's because you one big, muscly guy needs another big, muscly guy. No, you do, You only need one big, giant, muscly,
1: bald guy in your movie. You don't need two.
0: But, I, but again, Fast and Furious films are really good at stunt casting. And this is one of the best stunt castings ever, is to take The Rock plunk him into this awesome action franchise which means that then the franchise actually has another like 10 year lifespan.
1: I guess if your whole movie is built around the poor man's Dwayne Johnson and then you go out and get the actual Dwayne Johnson to come in, that that's <laughs> certainly ballsy in a sense.
0: I mean, you know, no offense to Vin Diesel, but he's not getting any younger and this is a great way to just like make more money and make more films. Also,
1: Vin Diesel has a potato head, Stop. but The Rock has a perfectly round head. Even their <laughs> head shapes, Vin Diesel comes up short.
0: Is this film woke? And I'm going to remind people that we are using Woke as a kind of ironic <laughs> shorthand, so please don't at me.
1: I'm not using it as an ironic shorthand. I'm reclaiming it. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you feel like Fast Five was Woke?
0: I really love a lot of things about the Fast Five films, and some of them, I guess, can be under this umbrella of progressivism, which is its really diverse cast, its real emphasis on law and order outside of a structured framework and its ability of um, prioritizing found families versus like traditional family structures. Those are all things that a lot of people love about the Fast and Furious films. Um, but aside from that, I don't think that there is a huge amount of wokeness to it. I think that there is so much like toxic masculinity at the core of them that they need to be taken with a grain of salt.
1: Yeah, it. the only like the movie would have us believe that like the best and 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 really optimal way to solve any conflict is like to fight with your fist with the other dude. Um, plus, I do think like the whole movie, the whole movie takes place in, in Rio de Janeiro, and it's it's not a very flattering picture of the city, right? It's just, just like, Giant drug infested slum, and these American all these different factions of Americans show up and just r- run wild through the streets, uh, you know, destroying significant chunks of the city in the process.
0: They didn't even shoot it in Rio de Janeiro, they shot it in Puerto Rico, so there's that. So, like, it's not like Rio de Janeiro got a ton of money from the production huh. or anything like that. Well, there's to... all
1: the shots of the giant Jesus statue in yeah. I guess yeah. you can just shoot a couple shots of the, the
0: exterior. <laughs> you just send like two people out there, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I love the films, but I'm not going to pretend that there's some huge progressive message embedded in them at all, aside from diversity is good.
1: So while we're on the subject of things that happen in the streets of what is purported to be Rio de Janeiro... um, there's there's this big action set piece like the the sort of the the, the climactic yeah the one. climactic set piece of the film and it's um yeah they they steal a ten ton well, this is not the way ten ton steel bank vaults work or cars or cables or <laughs> you know torque and and acceleration but anyway they steal they they pull this bank vault like literally pull it on cables with their cars out of the wall and then they drive through the whole city being pursued by millions of cops and they're you know they're twisting their wheels and they're they flinging this giant vault around to smash stuff and it's it's fun to watch in a sense but I think the thing that left me like this movie had a very weightless feel to me and that scene to me like it's very like intellectual action movie right like you and I watched Speed not long ago, yes. and like we we talked about how like there are all these like visceral thrills in Speed where you're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? Like you're 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 generally fearful and you're tense about what's gonna happen, but that never happens in this movie. Like this movie, I feel like every action scene was not created to make you like wince or close your eyes. It was created to make you high five the person next to you. Like, oh my god, they did that awesome thing, and I think, and I, I I'm not saying that you can't appreciate that, but like it left me it left so little impact on me because it was all so like floaty and unreal and like i don't at no point were any of these people in danger because they're all invulnerable to all damage
0: one of the key factors of these films and one of the reasons that it appeals to so many f- people is that these movies are all about spectacle they're not about yes, spectacle. they're not about that feeling and release of tension they're not about that feeling of like is this character in danger you know mo- like like you said when when we talk about speed which is that great Keanu Reeves movie right there is that oh there's a there's a thing that anybody could die at any minute or the bus could yeah. blow up and the thrill of the film comes from tension and release like tense release fast five is not that film there Yeah, is you know no... the characters
1: are going to suffer no negative consequences at all
0: it is it is about spectacle it's about the spectacle of fast cars it is about the spectacle of complete implausibility right But isn't that unfulfilling It's you're not there for for for, for fulfillment though you are there for visceral empty thrill in later films you're going to notice that characters who were dead come back Right, right. So there's not a chance that any of these people could actually die. And there's so much comfort in that. There's so much comfort in this, like, nebulous, little, everlasting world that they have built of, like, complete, total spectacle.
1: And I I get to, like, I'm not knocking that, per se. Like, the Mission Impossible movies, to me, which I also enjoy on a level, they're very similar, right? Like, it's not about, like, I don't actually worry what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. It's just, oh, my God, look at how they pulled this thing off. But... I, I think, like, ultimately, I found it hard to really care. Like, I wasn't really invested. There's only so many action scenes you can sit through where you're just, like, appreciating the gonzo craziness of it, right? <laughs> it's all very cerebral in that sense, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with Mission Impossible, they try harder for those things to be have a lot more realism to them. And I think the Fast and Furious films go well past realism and they realize that people are not there for realism people are there for spectacle like in later movies they will have cars literally jump out of airplanes and then land on (laughs) dirt roads it's like
1: the inflation of spectacle yeah how can we make it more but it's i don't know i guess that leaves me a little you know i'm not knocking it but like it just leaves me a little uninterested
0: i i guess to each his own but i think that the rock fits in very well to these films that are all about spectacle He's yeah, the rock has a certain himself.
1: knowingness in his performance that I think yeah. more more characters in this movie could benefit from.
0: All right, my question for you: Who is the movie MVP?
1: Uh, the most valuable player who was not Dwayne Johnson. Uh, well, there's so many people to choose from. Who did you uh, Who did you most enjoy in uh, the oh. film?
0: Paul Walker. Oh, but he's so... What did he do? He's so boring. I love Brian O'Connor. I love Paul Walker. It's not just because he's like aggressively handsome and his face is perfectly symmetrical. I think that he has this like California lackadaisicalness that is just really appealing on screen. He looks really good behind the wheel of a car and 90% of his performance is to be behind the wheel of a car. He's a
1: a startlingly handsome man. But but, he uh, also
0: is like meant to kind of humanize himself and then humanize Dom a little bit as well. And whatever you think about their performances, that relationship (laughs) between Dom and Brian is really the key of the fest and furious franchise i don't care i don't want i do not listen i don't want to hear what you have to say about it i'm I'm
1: just saying i think i'm unwilling to do all the work necessary to truly appreciate i think
0: that to truly appreciate it you would need to go back and watch all the (laughs) No, i'm
1: not gonna do that
0: but no it's paul walker come on paul walker
1: um, I, uh, you know, they, again, they all, they all sort of ma- mingle together a little. I I thought Ludacris was really funny. He's these, great. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, I don't think he actually goes by Ludacris in these movies. What's... Chris Bridges. Chris Bridges, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought of the, of the crew who all seem to have identical jobs, he was maybe kind of the funniest and the one who, like the only one who had kind of a, like, as you say, I think he's kind of a comic relief character, but like, he's the only one who's commenting on the like, oh, man, this is a terrible idea, like kind of thing, which, which, you know, is funny in the context of this movie.
0: Where does this film into the canon of the rock films? Well,
1: you know, I wouldn't, def- like, it's not even really a rock movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to your point, like, this franchise is how so many people know him. And this is, I guess, where he first appears in it. And there's, like, 30 of these movies, right? Like, he's going he's gonna to go on to be in 10 more things. I think things.
0: Fast 9 is coming out
1: Right. So, yeah, I, I guess in that sense, it's important. What do you think?
0: I think that, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's important because it cements him as a future franchise star. Right, right now he's kind of had a lot of like one action or one-off action films and uh, comedic roles where his kind of masculinity is used to comedic effect. This is like full-blown franchise star.
1: Uh, Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that that he's. uh, Yeah, this is uh, showing that, and it almost seems like they didn't even bring him in to star, but he just gradually took over these movies because people love him so much and. Vin Diesel is boring.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think that that is part of it. I don't think it's that Vin Diesel is boring, but I think it's that they needed a way for the franchise to continue, and he was really popular in this role. He's a little boring.
1: You have to admit he's a little boring with his potato head and his (laughs) constant inscrutable (laughs) looks.
0: I don't, let me just say that I don't think Vin Diesel is a great actor. I think he's great in these films. Uh,
1: Well, yeah, great acting is certainly not called for (laughs) in this movie.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at 10 movies and remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever you consume your podcast. I just think like a
1: 10 ton steel vault. I don't think it would really move. Like, even if you got it out of the bank, it would just sit there inert because it's a 10-ton <laughs> block. I, I don't think you can whip it through the air and, you know, knock the drink out of a lady's hand with it. It just it seems a little <laughs> implausible to me.
0: Well, I mean, maybe this is a movie about how not to pull off a heist. Uh,
1: Well, you know, I'm excited to watch another, hopefully better, Dwayne Johnson movie and talk about it with you next
0: week. 10 Movies, our artisanal handcrafted podcast, is brought to you every week with help from Seth Everett and Anthony Gill. Stay tuned this season where we'll talk more about these films and we'll see you next week. See you next week.